I'm Erica. And this, and this is, is Book Talk. Hi, Erica. Hi, Katie. Welcome to Book Talk. Book Talk is a weekly podcast where we read a section of a book and then chat about it on Sunday nights. But today we're doing a special episode of the book, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. So we're just doing a one-time only episode where we are going to give you all of our thoughts and feelings about the entire book at once. In this episode, we're going to talk about all of the plot points and twists of the book. So if you haven't read the book and you want to, or you care about being spoiler free, stop it right now. Save this episode. Come back to it later. Um, if you don't care and like reading something with spoilers, um, then feel free to listen now. It's weird, but like people like watching The Bachelor that way. They like find no, out those the people are weird. I don't do that. I don't do don't, spoilers. We don't get it at all. Uh-uh. I don't like Jen does okay. that and she still watches it. I just for what? Doesn't make any sense. One thing I want to say before we get into this episode, I feel like maybe people understand this, but like our opinions are just our opinions. Like, I don't think that we're right. Like, I just, I feel like I come across as very like judgy because I have a lot of opinions. But if you read this book and you like really, really loved it, I am so happy for you. I'm happy you had that oh, experience. Any experience that's in the book a, is good. Just like Let truly me- <laughs> foreshadowing that you actually don't like the book. You know what's funny, though? I feel like, yes, that's true. And I feel like it's interesting because we both usually have different opinions about books. I don't think we do on this one. But um, like when I loved Red, White, and Royal Blue, and then after we did that episode, like my mom and David and multiple other people were like, oh, I also hated it. I was like, okay, <gasps> everyone. I was right. I'm vindicated. Okay, I don't think the word you right. you never mentioned that. <laughs> my mom was like, this is very predictable. I was like, okay, well, <laughs> whatever. Touche. Speaking of predictable <laughs> books, let's talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that it was predictable. Okay, let's give a quick summary. This book starts in the 1700s where Addie LaRue makes a deal with the devil to get out of marrying a man she does not want to marry. And she's promised to be able to live forever, but the price to pay is that no one will ever remember her. So we watch Addie go through centuries, through history, and through wars without leaving her mark really with anybody. And then we are in the book flashes between the 1700s, 1800s, and present-day New York City, where she meets a boy in a bookshop who remembers her name. And the second half of this book is about her and Henry and the twists and trials of his own deal with the devil. Yeah, I think let's start with, Erica, what is your rating? How many stars? And give us a quick reason why. Out of how many? Oh, shit. Um, what do we normally do? <laughs> Let's do out of 10. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think we did do out of 10. Okay. So what did you think? One to 10. What is your first thoughts of this book overall? When I originally posted this book right after I finished it, I rated it a five out of 10. I truly remember almost nothing from this book. I had to like recap and go through it so I literally have not thought about it since I posted it which means it's probably less than that but I think I'm a little bit more forgiving so we're gonna stay with the five out of ten my feelings about this book is basically my biggest issue is that this book seems like it should have been written like years ago it just seems very outdated like Addie is our heroine female who's quote not like other girls and she's got travel lust and she is not going to get stuck in this like traditional marriage and it's just like okay I've read this story before and I just found Addie to be incredibly 
frustrating as a main character and not sympathetic. And I, yeah, I think that was my biggest thing is like, why is this book written in 2020, 2020? I think it was when it was, when it came out. I just, it, it didn't, uh, it didn't hit for me and it didn't stick, which is like clearly shows it wasn't like that good. It just, it literally did not stay with me for longer than a week. Yeah, I would agree. I think I'd give it a five or six out of 10 as well. First of all, I don't think I was nearly as annoyed with Addie, but I did think it was all just like pretty forgettable in the first half. And I think that I didn't find, I didn't find her annoying. I mean, I think that I also like historical fiction. And so it is annoying to read that story about the girl who leaves a traditional marriage, but it's also in the 1700s. So that part is like realistic and she runs away and will do anything to leave. So I'm like, okay, I get that. I think it's funny that you're like, it's not realistic. I'm like, yeah, we're reading kind of like a, a fantasy novel of two people who made two deals with the darkness or the devil. Who's also kind of like human. I feel like that's not really like either of our normal reads to read something that's like half fantasy about like ghosts and curses and like witchcraft or whatever. I feel like that's not either of ours. So yeah, I don't think it's super realistic. I don't think it's like super trying to be realistic either. I just feel like my biggest complaint about this book is that it's really long. Like the first 200 pages, I had to just like force myself to read it every night. And I just, I get that she's traveling through all these times in history. And I understand the point of that, but I feel like the author could have really shortened that down to be like 30 pages to explain the depths of Addie's curse and how she saw so many parts of the world. I feel like we got a history lesson about every single century going through this. And it just like, wasn't necessary to the end of the book. I thought the last hundred pages were like, I just feel like it really could have been condensed into a, it would have been a much more enjoyable read if it was 200 pages. And I read it on a Saturday, got lost in the story and I like enjoyed it. But I felt like it was almost a chore because it was truly just so long. And I didn't feel like I was learning anything in the beginning sections when she was traveling back and forth into history that I couldn't have learned in one chapter of those. Right. To that point, like, why not start the book in 1950s when there's still all these, like, confinements on marriage for women? Like, it just, there was, it felt like the history part wasn't that important. And then it also never, it never comes up the fact that she's 300 years old. How is she relating to this like 20 something guy in Brooklyn? And how is she satisfied with that relationship? Like that part just didn't make any sense. So if that's not an essential part of the plot, why bring it in anyway? Like from the 1950s to 2020, there's plenty of time to have seven love affairs. Like it just didn't seem necessary to go that far back. Yeah, I just felt like there was a lot of history. And it's, it's interesting because I feel like she gave us this taste of history to, like, prove that she had been there. But those stories, I think, would be interesting. Like, you, I feel like you could write an entire book about what it's like to be someone who no one remembers but can still experience pain when she's working in the in World War II. And she's, like, passing notes with all these women. And, like, it part of this, like, secret, she goes back to, like, help fight the war in Paris, the city she loves. I feel like that's a book. But instead, we get literally a paragraph about that and we go into another century and another story. I'm like... What is the point of all of these? It's hard to get lost in any of the stories because there was a ton of them, in my opinion. So that was like, I just, I didn't, I thought it was fine at the end, but I definitely didn't like text anybody to read it or like tell them that it was great. I was like, I don't think my mom will even like it. She loves historical fiction. I do think this will be a great movie. 
Is it coming like, to I, be a movie? I would, I would totally, yeah, I think it's in, in progress being made mm. into a movie. But again, it's like, this doesn't need to be a short series. It's like literally just give me an hour and a half. Yeah, and I'm 100%. I think it will be, again, a cute movie. Like if I can experience this book in an hour and a half and fall in love with Henry and go through the emotions of that, like, you know, of him and his curse. Like, I feel like if we can get all of that into an hour and a half, it has potential to be a really good movie. And I feel like if they make this a four hour movie, I'm going to be annoyed. <laughs> like I'm not watching it. Yeah, I think that they will, like, chop, chop, chop it and down. And then I think it might be good. So, like, I feel like, yeah, potential here. And give me a hot, hot Luke. That's all I want. Yeah. I want a really mm-hmm. hot actor mm-hmm. to play Luke. <laughs> Same. I, the one thing that, like, bothered me about the scenes, and this is a little bit about, like, her curse, so we can come back to this, but it bothered me that she would, like, wake up in bed with people who would have forgotten her, and... It's just like it was presented as like, haha, like, isn't this a funny quirk of her curse? But the idea that you would like wake up and not remember the person who you took home is just like a really disturbing commentary on like hookup culture and alcohol where like these guys are just are like being gentlemanly, quote unquote, is how she explains it, pretending like they know her or like trying to make it not awkward. But they're just like totally accepting the fact that they completely blacked out and had sex with a complete stranger and don't remember her at all. And like the idea that that would happen if the genders were flipped, like if I woke up and there was a strange person in my bed, I would be horrified. It's just like some of the some of the situations in the writing, I feel like are too she was too close to in some ways and maybe just from closeness with the character but it just came off as like if you took a step back and realized what you're saying this is so disturbing I did think about that it was very uncomfortable when she'd wake up in their beds and they wouldn't remember her and like these people either that happened to them before or they're trying to play it cool but no one's freaked out by it and she doesn't leave so she's like I don't know it is weird um Let's talk about some of the themes in it because there are some potentials and also some interesting things to discuss with like the overall themes of the book. Right. So let's start with the curses that we have for Addie and for Henry. So Addie's curse is that no one will remember her. And this happens. People lose memory of her as soon as she leaves their sight. Also, um, interesting. No one ever went to the bathroom and they were on a date with her. At the bar drinking, the men did not go to the bathroom a single time. I didn't even think about that. So I didn't think about also, it Also, what if Someone they go to the bathroom on in their reads, house? Yeah. Exactly. As soon as she is out of eyesight, they forget about her. So it's just like. So they're going, they're never taking, going to the bathroom or taking a shower or doing anything when, between the time when they meet her at the bar and they get home and have sex and don't shower, like don't do anything. Not even shower, but like don't do anything and then wake up and don't know her. That's so weird. Okay, see? Anyways, doesn't make sense. Okay, so I sorry, mild digression about the going to the bathroom. <laughs> I just feel like if I'm out drinking, I'm going to the bathroom every hour. Every, every hour on the hour. <laughs> Are these men not hydrating? <laughs> it is so and women, and women, because we have Sam. Okay. A bisexual queen, our Addie. Okay, so anyways, sorry. So Addie's curse is that as soon as people leave her presence, they forget about her and no one can remember her name. And Henry, on the other hand, is feeling really low after a breakup, feels like he's not enough for everybody in his life. He makes a deal with the devil that he will be 
everything to everyone. Everyone will love, adore, and cherish him, but he only has one year and then he will die, which like, what a 20s deal to make. Like, Truly, Henry, a <laughs> horrible decision. Truly trading the rest of your life because you had a bad year at 23 or whatever, but... Um, I think those are interesting parallel um, fears that people have, which is the fear of no one remembering you and and the fear of people loving you for the wrong reasons. So I do think that those are two interesting themes to play with and for the devil character Luke to take advantage of and exploit, which is that people want to be accepted. But the worst, like perverse way around that is that people love you too much and it's completely meaningless. Right. I thought they did a good job explaining like Henry's curse. Like he looks at them and they're, they're saying things to him that are just a hundred percent not true. Um, and their eyes are cloudy and they're like, you're the most like amazing, handsome, smart person. And he's like, I know that's not true. So like, it's so the sin- sincerity is completely gone, which takes away everything that he wants. He wants to be loved for who he is, not just loved, but yes, I do think it's interesting. They're playing on these specific like fears and, self-conscious moments inside people I do think the good thing about Addie's curse like she obviously nobody ever loves her and I think because they don't know her because they can't remember her um until Henry uh so she forgets everything else about him or doesn't care because he just remembers her and that's it that's enough um but I do think it's interesting like all the time she gets to experience and like how much of the world she gets to see and how that's also in a way fulfilling for her and she wouldn't trade it um because she would have lived like this very sheltered closeted life without it and she does get to like experience truly the making of history so I think there's kind of an interesting parallel there between like yeah she doesn't get to there's different ways to be fulfilled in life as well maybe rather than her other option wasn't good either I don't think she would have been fulfilled anyway so at least this is something I don't know yeah I do think that her like ability to travel and to like have all these interesting relationships is exciting I mean that's what I would want to do but I just again it's like she's essentially a superhero like no one will remember her she can move about freely she can like do whatever she wants and what she does with that is like steal books and sits and reads them on a park bench Okay, well, here's the thing, though. She can't buy any things. She has to steal them because she doesn't have any money. Like, can't hold a job or any, like, get any money or anything. She has to, like, steal things. But, yes. But also, that's where we see her now. I feel like she's calmed down because at one point she was, like, fighting a war. And at one point she was, like, living in Paris. Like, she's, been, you know, lived all these different lives. Now I feel like she's, like, settling into her old age of 300 years and reading some books. <laughs> that's true. I guess I'm just being, like, I'm very harsh on her because – you know, yes, she helps out in the war to help Paris and like passes notes as a spy and whatever. But there's so many other causes that don't get mentioned at all. And like, no one remembers you. Then like, why don't you go? I don't know. All my instincts are horrible, but I'm like, why don't you go like save someone's life? I don't know. Like do something that matters all the time, not just in this one instance. But I feel like she's still a human. And so it's like, 
yeah but i'm like no one remembers you fucking go to jeff bezos's house (laughs) figure out his fucking key code steal his credit cards and like distribute those funds like no one remembers you. you'll never be caught if they put you in prison they'll forget who you are and then you'll get to leave like i just remember she was stuck in the prison she had to be rescued by luke because they couldn't like they could see but again okay the guard is not there so how does he know that well he doesn't know he doesn't know it's her that's what happens like when she's in the prison he doesn't he doesn't remember anything about her but it's fine because he doesn't give a shit he's like this is a prisoner so he's not like is this a new one he's just like another one great but i do think yes she could be doing something i think also it's weird because addy is this immortal character but she's still a human who like maybe doesn't want to do good all the time or maybe is exhausted or maybe like doesn't want to give up but still doesn't want to be fighting the fight every day and wants to just like chill out but she's such a cross between being this immortal superhero character and being just like a human who's stuck in the age of essentially 23 also like so did her mind never grow up but also just change to what 23 year olds think in each of those centuries she's a very open-minded in her old age which is funny but what you mentioned is such a good point because again like if that was the story that you can give a person everything they want and they're still the kind of selfish, self-centered person they've always been, like that is fascinating. You know, I, I always talk about this with travel. Like people think that when you travel, like, I don't know, some new side of yourself gets unlocked. And it's like, no, you're still, you can be in the most beautiful mountain on this gorgeous hike and you're still thinking about the same exact stuff that you were thinking about at home. It's like, it takes work to like, open yourself up to new experiences and to help you grow. And like, if that was the commentary about Addie, like, isn't it interesting that over 300 years, she's still like the most important thing she can think of is like falling in love with this 20 <laughs> something guy who she doesn't relate to. Yeah. But he gives her the you one know? thing. Yes, for sure. But also she falls in love with him because he like actually remembers her. Right. Which question do you think she actually loved Henry or was it just convenient because he's the first person who remembers her? Is she I in think, love with feeling remembered? I don't think you can understate how much it would affect her emotions to be remembered by somebody who actually saw her. Like, I think she did love him, but I don't know that. I do think she loved him, but I think it would be really hard to like separate those two things because part of being in love anyways, I think is being seen and loved for who you are. Right. Like obviously you have to be like attracted. She's clearly attracted to Henry and like, cause she's attracted to him before he remembers her too. Like she already thinks he's cute. So like there's something there, but I think you can't separate the fact that for her entire life, no one has remembered her or seen her or like truly been able to love her. And I don't think you can like, separate if how what effect that has but I don't think that she has that like passion with Henry that she even has with like Luke or that is potentially there but I do think she could have been happy with Henry I mean don't Luke and Henry look alike yeah so (laughs) but I mean is she really falling in love with Henry or is she falling in love with a good version of Luke a human version of Luke who is a human right yes a human version of Luke but she's barely a human right but neither I mean Henry's barely a human not barely but they made deals with the devil like in the same way but he made his a year ago and she made hers 300 years ago for sure for sure but Luke is still on the end of the day like evil and at the end of the day Henry is not so there is that as well like she gets a lot of what she gets with Luke with Henry but he's not inherently evil. Like when the darkness looks at her and Luke and he's like, don't mistake this for kindness. It is not like 
and he's just essentially telling her like, I'm faking it. I'm doing these things to get you to surrender. I'm doing these things to get what I want. And like he tells her, don't mistake this for kindness. But you know, 150 years later, she forgets that he said that. And she's like, well, he didn't really mean it. And now he like is kind or whatever. And like people will tell you who they are, but you have to be paying attention and like, remember it. Um, so I think at the end of the day, there is that about Henry as well. Like, I do think she loved him. Was she in love head over heels world series? Like, I don't think so, but I do think one more point about this is like, I think that when you have things like arranged marriages or things in other cultures, you may not have in the beginning that like head over heels obsession feeling with somebody, but so many people in marriages like that will grow to tell you that they ended up loving that person and maybe not being in love with them, but like appreciating them or like loving in maybe a different sense than how we're talking about it. And I think she felt like that towards Henry or could have felt like that for her life being remembered with Henry. Interesting. You hate that. (laughs) No, no, no. I like it. I agree that. I agree with your assessment of Luke, which is like Luke is like a horrible being um and she is like talking herself into Luke filling the void that she's feeling because he does remember her and he is basically the only constant in her life but I still think when she looks at Henry she sees a good version of Luke but Luke is ultimately the one she's in love with I agree but I also think Luke is the only one she can be in love with her options are literally Henry and Luke which is like so unfortunate for her like it's like she can meet somebody who she truly feels passionate about at any point in her life and fall in love with them and she doesn't have that option so her options are um bad luke and good luke (laughs) here but my question about this one thing that we don't understand at all is like what are the parameters of this curse how many people are under luke's spell and are all of the people who are under luke's spell immune to the spell in others like how Ooh, that's interesting because someone else could well, no, no, because Henry has more victims. But he- yes, but Henry's curse specifically is that he is enough for people. And what Addie needs for someone to be enough is someone to remember her. That is enough for Addie. It's not like a f- that's how I think their curses overlap. Mm. Like Henry's curse specifically is that he wants to be enough, and Addie's curse, like she wants someone to remember her. And so that would be enough for her. And that's why her and Henry's curses overlap because. That's what she needs in order to see Henry in that way. So I don't think they would all necessarily overlap. What I did think was really unrealistic is the fact that every single famous or artistic or cool person was like under Luke's curse and wasn't truly any of these things but had made a deal with the devil. I was like, Beethoven? Yeah, rude. (laughs) Coming for his legacy. (laughs) Oh, Yeah, that's interesting. I... I buy that. I buy that point. But again, also, one thing that doesn't get resolved is Luke says, like, do you think it's an accident that you two met? Um, Right. And what did you think that Luke had to do with Henry and Addie? And like, what is he getting out of this? Because if he set it up, he seems to react very negatively to it and gets like very possessive over her. Well, I think first of all, he knew Henry only had a year. I think he probably knew in my, you know, in this fake world that I don't know anything about, I assume that he knew their curses would overlap in a way that would allow them to see each other. But I think he also partially like, well, I think they say it in this book, I think he wanted in the beginning, I thought maybe he wanted to give Addie 
somebody to love, like somebody that a human or someone that would see her and love her and like make her happy. Cause I think on some level Luke loves Addie, but I also think that he was trying to show her like humans are flawed and they're not as good as me. So like fall in love with this human. He made a deal with the devil. That's only a year. And then like, he'll be gone and you'll see it's not worth it to fall in love and how you feel after. And you'll just want me who will never leave you. Yeah. I think it could be that Luke, is basically torturing her or that he thought that she would kind of make this bargain like to be with him this would finally break her so wait i did she didn't give him her soul though right she just said that she would be with luke right so she's just with him for eternity oh okay this is the other thing that is bothering i don't think me we're good Addie. fantasy readers no, I, I'm like, someone needs to write down all these rules because she's confused. I'm confused. Um, but the other thing that bothers me about Addie is she is being remembered because she has all this evidence of like arts, art that artists have produced. Because guess what? Everybody's in love with Addie, <laughs> including a fucking supernatural being. I do love So that. annoying. That and her annoying. seven freckles. So Okay, but I think the point of that was some maybe deeper conversation about are you remembering a person or an idea or a, like there's something... But again, what I think is hard about this book is like that's not really like fully fleshed out yet, like exactly what that means. But there is something there about the how an idea is more wild than like a specific person and how you can remember the way that this girl made you feel and how she seemed timeless or whatever. And, and you might paint that, but like it's a girl in your dream. She's not a person. But I, it's not fleshed out. Like I don't really understand what the difference is between the idea and the memory. Like I, I feel like we're just trying to do 17 themes here. <laughs> Right. Like maybe art, maybe the point is like art's coming from a subconscious place where like she, there, she's not in conscious memory of them, but she's like somewhere deeper and that's where artists go for inspiration. But again, then she is being remembered in a satisfying way. And it's a little bit fucked up in my mind that she finds out that Henry's writing this book and she's like convenient. Write the story of me so everyone will know my name and my story. Also, I'm in love with you. Like okay, are you in love with him or are you in love with what he can get to you? Like what he can do for you? Both. Well, maybe just the first, maybe just the second. Okay, so what do you think about Henry and his curse and like his friends and what he thinks of Addie? I think Henry, um, you know, is living like a little bit of an unrealistic life on a bookshop salary, but again... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm in You've Got Mail. That's what I kept picturing, literally, is Meg Ryan and also Henry. I don't know. I honestly, Henry didn't leave that much of an impression. I found Luke to be, like, much more interesting and wanted to focus more on him. I feel like that's pretty on brand for you. I Yeah. <laughs> um, I liked that Henry was, like, openly bisexual or was just kind of like. They all are. Well, I mean, Henry, <laughs> Henry and Addie both are, right? You know, yeah, we love that. We do love um, that. I mean, I understand. Yeah, I guess, like, Henry just comes across, honestly, as, like, kind of weak and, like, very emotional. And I hope that doesn't come across as weird. But it's, like, we've all been through breakups. And I don't, like, go through a breakup and think, like, I would do anything for everyone to accept me. It's, like, some people like you and some people you don't. And that's life. Wait, wait, wait. But I feel like just going to, you know, because I feel like it's more fun when we argue here. <laughs> I feel like that's fair, but you've also done a lot of work that Henry has clearly not done to be at the point where you're like, I right. don't care. I'm perfectly content and happy and proud of who I am. Like, I don't need these people to like me. 
feel like it was in a, what's interesting about this and what's the comparison to real life is like, he has a bad night and in the real world, he would have gotten drunk, stumbled home, had all these thoughts. And the next day, B and Robbie would have woke him up and been like, okay, let's get it together. And he would have gone back to the bookshop and he would have put his shit back together. But the thing is he got drunk and he's sitting out in the rain and the darkness comes and offers him the deal while he's in like this headspace of feeling awful and being really intoxicated and then they just like take advantage of that and he makes it a stupid deal I was reading on um, at Greta's book club <laughs> today and she or yesterday on her Instagram and she had posted this thing where she was like, I was reading about how people don't think that we should rate books because like if you give them a bad rating, does it deter people from picking up that book and does it hurt potentially new authors? And obviously like what you say and do in these situations does, but at the same time, like giving a book a good rating encourages people to look it up and writing a really good book encourages people to read a brand new author. So I feel like it goes both ways. I think it's just like everyone has different opinions and especially this, a book this buzzy, like people are clearly liking it who are not us. Yeah. And (laughs) you know, I think like my view about most things is just like find what serves you at the moment. Like if you're someone who doesn't read at all and like, this is a book that gets you into reading, like, Hell yeah. I'm so happy. You know, also there's there's two things, which one, you know, we talked about this in the red, white and royal blue episode, which is like, what is the point of reading? Like, was this an entertaining book? Did I enjoy it while I was reading it? Yes. Did it stay with me and like make me think about deeper questions? No. And that's okay. It's like not every book is going to be that book for me. Um, And yeah, we're I just want to be honest about how we feel about it. But I totally get it. Also, but it's also confusing because when you look at Goodreads, every book is between like a 3.5 and a 5. So the score becomes essentially meaningless at some point if people are not being honest about the books they don't like. I think that's a really good point that um, I feel like I make a lot. So it's like I feel like I say that all the time, which is just like if you're reading, it's good. You're getting lost in a story that's not like you're using your imagination and you're like, you know, doing this not just like zoning out in front of a TV. So if this is entertaining and is interesting and maybe makes you feel something that's also counts as a good book and different books can be for different things. I also think when she posted that, I was like, yeah, but I follow people who read books that I like to read or who've liked books that I have liked. So then I trust their opinions because they, they're similar to what I enjoy, but there are people who are reviewers of like strictly sci-fi books or fantasy books or, you know, things that I don't normally read um, that are also, True, ki- true crime things. Like, I'm not into that, but there are people who talk about it. So I just wanted to talk about that for a second and see what you thought. Fascinating. We love Greta. The other issue that I have with this book, which many other people have noted, I'm not the first, is that this book is incredibly white. She manages to pick up a lot of languages. They're all like romance languages. She goes to a lot of places, but most of them are Los Angeles, New York, and France, Germany, and London. 
um, which is just like, okay, that's interesting. Um, also, a lot of the issues, like she helps out in World War II, but then comes to the U.S. and is sort of like not around for the suffrage movement, not around for civil rights. Like in general, most of the characters and most of the story is so white. And again, it's like the the lack of awareness that that only Addie could have done this. Like only at only a white woman really could have like traveled through all of these times um, with this like type of freedom is just like sort of frustrating. Yes. I feel like when you're like only a white woman could have traveled through all these times at first when you said that I was like, yeah, but she was a white woman in the 1700s. It's not like her life was like, you know, like that was obviously not a great time either. But the point is not the point, but what I just took from that when you said it again was like, if she was a black woman or a black man, she couldn't have been because she still experiences pain. She still like gets caught in situations that are like not good for her um, or like that are traumatic. And I feel like it would have been a lot worse if she wasn't a white woman in all of those times, like moving through the world unseen, but also just like um, unbothered kind of. Right. And again, like, you know, just to be totally honest, like if I had read this book 10 years ago, Maybe I wouldn't have noticed that. But like, again, it's 2021. She's in Brooklyn. And you're like, why is there like one black character and everybody else is white or assumed to be white? And then the devil himself is also a white man. Fascinating. (laughs) Well, that actually that part makes sense. Yeah, I'm confused. (laughs) I feel like that's pretty. (laughs) I think when you were saying this, what's interesting is that she doesn't visit any countries of color she doesn't visit anywhere she doesn't help with any causes that are anything except for 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 white people so I think I'm less concerned with I feel like the only characters are her and Henry and B for a minute really it's not like we're meeting all of these people so I feel like I'm less concerned with that part of it not like less concerned but I feel like it's just less upsetting than the fact that she doesn't help with or travel to or incorporate the majority of the world into the story Okay, let's like wrap this up and talk about the ending. What did you think about the ending where Addie basically sacrifices herself to stay with Luke forever so that Henry can live? I mean, I feel like it was a really sad way to end that because Addie, our main person we've got to know, like her story is over. I have two points is I think in some ways she was kind of exhausted. Like I was saying earlier, she's done a lot and she's at the point now where she also loves Luke so it's not like it's a super bad situation for her I mean she doesn't get to explore anymore but I think she's kind of tired she just doesn't want to be done she's want to give him her soul so this feels like an okay compromise for Addie and I feel like I hope for Henry this ends up I mean I think he's going to be heartbroken that nobody will ever like remember or know that he had this like great love of his, great love in his life but I also feel like he's given the chance to like you said before, like we've all had a breakup and he needs to realize like not everyone's going to like you. And now he's got the chance to like actually grow from that and his curse is over and he can start to like maybe do the work to be a person who like loves himself and loves somebody else and be able to handle it when people don't like him. Like when someone looks at him and they don't see everything that they want, he's going to be like, okay, well at least it's realistic instead of like, you know, he had this awful curse for a year and I feel like there's that hope that maybe he'll learn something from it and he gets that chance. Addie doesn't, which is sad, but he does. I I hated the ending. I don't understand how anybody makes out in a good way with this ending. Like I just, you're, you are committing to being with the devil for eternity. 
so that this one guy can live for another 50 years? Honey, <laughs> like what kind of deal is that? I mean, honestly, it's a horrible deal. But I also feel that Henry was like in a place where like, okay, well, I've had this love. I've written this book. I've done these things. Like I'm ready to go. I've said my goodbyes. Like it's okay. And now he has to know that Addie is somewhere with the devil <laughs> forever. And now like all of the pe- all of the like nice ways that everybody's been like treating him and um, all of the things that he's gotten in this year are just completely gone. And I think you're right. Like eventually he'll adjust. Yeah. But the things that he's gotten in this year were fake. I think he was like ready to go because he had to be ready to go and he knew what deal he made. But I think like Henry could be redeemed in this. Like it could be good for Henry because this is a flash. This is like a great love. This is like, I mean, it's obviously also he's living with a knowing that there's something bigger like that's evil out there, which seems like a really stressful way to also live. Henry's story reminds me of like the idea of privilege. A lot of it is things that you don't even notice. How much of the way other people have been treating him is he even aware of? And how how jarring is it going to be for him to be dropped back into people's real assessments of him? All of his relationships are going to change because his sister is thinking of him differently. His friends and Addie, who's the only person who didn't, is gone. Um, so I feel like that's super painful. And then on top of it, the on top of it, Luke, an eternal being, now is going to hang out with this 300-year-old human forever? Mm-mm. I don't get it. I think it, I wonder how much of, cause we don't know anything about these curses. I wonder how much of this time his friends like B and Robbie will remember. Like, will they go straight right. back to who they were before and not think any nice things about Henry or will they also learn from it? But again, I feel like we're just, there's just a lot going on to like be able to make any predictions about any of these things. Cause there are 72 things in which to discuss and predict and like that have right. not been fully flushed out. And to be clear, like if the ending was like, this is a Greek tragedy where everything is horrible at the end and the main character made the worst choice because she's so focused on like, I don't even know. I just, it doesn't make any sense to me the decisions she made. But again, if the point was that this is a tragedy where everything goes horribly wrong, great. I'm on board with it. But I felt like the end was sort supposed to be romantic. Like this is not romantic. Well, I hope that you all liked this special episode, I, a.k.a. us just shit-talking for, whatever, 45 minutes. <laughs> I feel like hopefully we've got some good theme part. Drop us a DM if you like this kind of episode where we review and discuss the themes of a book that's just one episode instead of reading it um, overall, especially if it's a buzzy book like this. So let us know your thoughts on this kind of episode. We like doing them. Yeah, yeah. I think it's fun. It's fun to, like... Um, talk more holistically about the book rather than incrementally as we go um so yeah yay okay oh also let us know if there's any other buzzy books that you want us to do a special episode about that's good yes especially like a buzzy book that you hated <laughs> and you a buzzy book that you hated or that you think is well, you, here's what we need <laughs> We want to know if there's a buzzy book that you hated or a buzzy book that you think is your favorite of 2021 like already or like oh, this is like I best book that. ever. I want to read it too. And we'll do a special Amazing. episode. Maybe. We'll, we'll most likely do a special episode about it. All right. I'm going to go count my freckles. <laughs> talk, 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 talk.
So we're going out to dinner tonight, and I am so excited. It's this new place on um, Livingston just opened. It's like ramen and some like Asian fusion style food, but I'm really excited. Ooh, yum. I know, with my parents. Everybody's fully vaccinated now. Wow, that's so exciting. It is exciting. I didn't enjoy the experience of getting the vaccine, but I'm glad I got it. I'm getting my second shot on Thursday. Oh my gosh, yay. Do I have anything to talk about? How was your weekend? Let's just start this over. How was your weekend? Okay. Um, it was good. I got a new bike, which is very oh, exciting. Yeah. A new bicycle. Um, which is fun. And then we went and played bocce in Domino Park. Bocce is like a very easy game. You just throw heavy balls. <laughs> I feel like I've only and... ever seen it on the beach, but that's like what it is, right? And it kind of has like, yeah, it's like it's a long like kind court of gravelly. Then, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which was very fun. I have like a little bit of bike anxiety. Um, I was in a bicycle accident and basically, you know, I just have anxiety. So ever since then, it's now been like a trigger for me that I'm just like expecting to get in a bike accident all the time. Um, so I'm just like building up my confidence with the bike and it's like new handlebars. So the grip is just different. Braking is different. So it's just going to take some time to get used to it, but I love the bike. It's so pretty. The other thing that sucks is like every bike I've had in Brooklyn has been stolen so it's just like no. I love this bike. How long is she gonna last? Anybody's guess. <laughs> you have a good lock. I ha- yeah, it doesn't matter. U locks, n- no problem for people. Um, but I did get really good. I got a really good review. Per- so first round of reviews on a paper that I've been working on that I care about a lot, and I'm so happy. It's so That's nice. so exciting. Yeah. Hopefully it'll be published like, well, I guess it will probably likely be back under review by the time this episode comes out. So yeah, wish me luck. Good luck. You're gonna be great. It's all happening. Yay. It's all happening. So last night we um, went to Jen's with Levi and Jared and watch Jen streamed because usually we'd go to Gateway and watch the documentary shorts and the live actions that are nominated for the Oscars but it's closed. Mm-hmm. So they like offering you can buy it and stream it in your house. So we watched all of the, um, animated, animated shorts, the live, we didn't finish them, but we attempted to watch all the documentaries and then the live shorts, which are like fiction short movies, uh, with like actors in them. I didn't know what that category was until last night. Probably most people do, but it's like really wow. good. It was like so interesting to watch because the animated ones are, six to like 15 minutes and most of them are like six to eight minutes long and same with the the documentaries we watched it was like 22 15 like they're not super long so you get like really into a situation especially the documentaries were so cool um and then it like that's it it's over and you're like on to the next one so it was really cool to like watch them and talk about them and then like watch the next one in a row um there was one about the protests in hong kong that was crazy like crazy the documentary was Truly terrifying. Like, I, the whole time, was just, like, I feel like everyone's just, like, glued to the screen. Like, it was wild. A really well-done documentary and also a really crazy time in history in Hong Kong. Dude, I was there. Like, I flew into Hong Kong and landed the Sunday after the first, like, really big protest in Hong Kong a year and a half ago, two years ago now. It was, like, fall of 2019-ish. So the Hong Kong one you recommend, are there, is there another one that you, that stuck with you from any of the categories? Um, the one about the protests in Hong Kong is called Do Not Split. 
Um, the animated shorts are very interesting because I feel like I either love them or I hate them. Burrow is such a cute one about a rabbit who's trying to find a place to live in like an overcrowded. It's very cute. And then, um, I hated the next three that we watched. And then there was two that were really good. Um, one is called, if anything happens, I love you. It's extremely tragic heard about and upsetting, this one. but I cannot tell you enough about how well done it is. And I feel like we all just okay. sat there in silence. It's also 12 minutes. So it's like not a super long time to feel extreme sadness. Um, it is done so well. It's about school shooting. So it's not a good topic. I'm going to go watch it. I'm going to go watch it immediately. The next one is called yes people. And it is really cute and very funny. And it's about basically just like people's everyday lives. It follows like three kind of family units around, um, and it's like, very funny. It's cute. And it's just like, it's about okay, there's yay. some like darker themes, like about like how life is repetitive, kind of like a groundhog day ish. But then like the little, the little funny things that happen throughout. It's cute. So, okay. Yay. I'm going to go watch them. I'll send you the link. Book Talk is made by me, Erica Bailey, and Katie Cheney. With production support from Dan White, our theme music is by Dan White. We'll see you next week. Okay, don't say that. We have literally a scathing <laughs> review of this book. I'm talking myself into liking this book less and less. I, I know, like. I know. I can hear you doing it, and we gotta not do that. <laughs>